Welcome in, everybody. It is a Thursday edition here at Cabin's Group. We are here each and every Thursday. Always a great time out here. Duke the Wonder Dog is out here, and uh, we've got the whole crew out here. Gary, Jessica, Amanda, Chris, everybody. And you know what Cabin's is all about? Nearly 14 years in business now with a tremendous reputation they do disaster response, water, fire, mold, storm damage, mold removal, emergency water extraction, structural drying, emergency cleanup, trauma, crime scene, tear gas, biohazard cleanup, and they also do mold investigation and testing and water intrusion investigation. 405-573-3048 in the Oklahoma City metro area in Tulsa. It's 918-282-7612. And you can check them out online at cavensgroup.com. That's cavensgroup.com. Parker Thune, how you doing back there in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio? Well, it's a crock pot as usual, but I'm getting yeah, by. Yeah, normally is. You're normally slow roasting in there, aren't you? Very gradually over time. I gosh, there there are times where we go we'll go a full hour on air and I don't get the chance to duck my head out of the studio and I throw the door open and it's like it feels like swinging open the doors to one of those enormous freezers at Costco. Like, oh, cold day. Yeah. I think it's Drake's fault, probably. I mean, a lot of people say it's TJ's Drake. fault, but I, I think we're going to start saying it's Drake's fault. So, yeah, there you go. All right, uh, so we've got a ton of stuff to talk about today. 2024 schedule is all said now. We don't have the time, so we've got the dates, uh, the home games, the neutral games, the road games, all of that stuff we are going to get into here in a little bit. But uh, podcast on the prairie, Jeremiah Hall, they, they do a great job with that. Danny Stutzman was on with his buddy Jaron Kanek the other night. And uh, this was the uh, the clip that really caught my attention uh, because we're all worried about the future of college football. I mean, there's so much great about being in the SEC and all these exciting matchups now. And uh, there's going to be more juice in the stadium, more dollars to be made, all of that. But particularly with the portal, and uh, NIL, we're, we're just all a little bit unsure about the uh, long-term future of college football. It's always going to be around, but will it be the sport that we've always loved so much? We'll have to wait and see. And then uh, Jaron Kanick said this last night on the uh, podcast on the Prairie the other night. And again, uh, this is the reality of what we're dealing with with college football right now. And here is what Jaron Kanick had to say. Here's the sad reality about NIL. Uh, you will get paid more for leaving and going somewhere else. The people who stay at their schools are not rewarded as much as someone who enters the portal and goes to another school because the transfer portal guys make a lot more money, a lot more NIL money typically than the guys already on the team, no matter where they come in at, no matter what, you know, what it is. It's just a fact. There's a lot of money in the portal. And so guys who choose to stay where they, you know, where, where they love to be, are you know quote unquote getting punished and check guys who choose to leave and go somewhere else uh can make more money doing that so it's like what are we really rewarding here you know what i mean but it is it is ridiculous i was telling somebody this today the grass is not greener on the other side most of the time shoot but the money's greener there you go that is our ortho central clip of the day and uh i almost don't want to make it our with those central clip of the day because it's very frustrating to hear that but uh parker thune i think he's right don't you 
it's hard to argue that, Steely, because, I mean, once again, when guys get in the transfer portal, there is an immediate market for their services. It's almost like, <laughs> you know, the old, the old saying goes, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And if you really think about that expression, you know, it all begins to make sense because, well, no, maybe maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way. Maybe I have it completely backwards. But basically, you're not going to be as eager to pay somebody that's already on your roster because you feel like, okay, they're, like they're already here. We don't have to convince them of anything. We don't have to sell them on anything. They're here. We can pencil them in. We can, we can count on them being in our lineup, and we don't have to throw an obscene amount of money at them to make sure, at least we don't feel like we have to throw an obscene amount of money at them to make sure that they are on our roster next year. Well, Caden Green's transfer portal entry this past week should tell you, well, that might not be the case after all. And meanwhile, you have guys hitting the transfer portal, and if they're guys that have contributed and have played at a high level – especially at the FBS level, but even guys that make the jump from uh, FC, FCS or even Division II, they're going to get paid a lot because all the schools that are going to be in the market for their services are going to be schools with an immediate need, Steely, and you will pay more for something that you need. Yeah. Right? When you are mm-hmm. – let, let's take Oklahoma, for example, and let's say let's say Jaron Canick would like an NIL raise, as it were. Well, I mean, sure, obviously you want to act in good faith, but you're not necessarily going to sit there and be as worried about the prospect of losing somebody like Jaron Kanick because he's already on your roster. And so you're not going to be as proactive about shelling out huge chunks of change for a position where you already have depth. And so if a portal linebacker were to become available, OU's not throwing a great deal of money at him because they've got tremendous depth at linebacker. But let's say, for the sake of the hypothetical, Caden Green just hit the portal, you have one of the best left guards in America suddenly become available on the transfer market. You will pay a premium for that player. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, it's just very interesting because – you know, we, we appreciate kids who hang around, finally get their opportunity uh, and and stay in one school and they get a big break and then they finally take advantage of it. They work their butt off, that kind of stuff. We're still going to see some of that, but not as much. And I wonder down the road for guys, uh, you know, coming back to their old school for whatever alumni function. Is Dylan Gabriel again going to Orlando? Is he coming to Norman? Is he going to Eugene? All three of those. I mean, it's uh, that is the uh, the current state of college football right now. And, um, you know, it's very interesting. Again, uh, I, I think Caden Green, this was a big shock. I think the main thing is OU fans are looking at this the way it was handled, where it was almost like OU tried, you know, Here's what we have, man. This is really good. And then you never hear from the kid or the family again, or at least you haven't yet. And then you've got the uncle on social media, which makes it clearly look like there were probably some tampering issues going on. I mean, it's just a sordid mess right now with some of this stuff. Meanwhile, near uh, news for the Sooners, they did get Samuel Franklin, the running back from Tennessee Martin, through the portal. So they have Spencer Brown. 
the O tackle from Michigan State. You get Des Malone, the defensive back from San Diego State. You have Deion Burks, highly touted wide receiver from Purdue. And now you add Samuel Franklin uh, to the running back room, the kid from Tennessee, Martin. And I guess they have offered uh, Jermod McCoy, the Oregon State defensive back, uh, new development there as well. So what do you think about what's going on in the portal so far and what could lie ahead for OU? I think OU's made good progress towards shoring up some of their positions of need, right? They needed a, a plug-and-play offensive tackle next year because you have Jake Sexton to replace either Tyler Guyton or Walter Rouse, but nobody on the roster that you necessarily feel comfortable bookending the other side. You got that in Spencer Brown. Needed an experienced cornerback in anticipation of Woody Washington's departure. Got that in Des Malone. Needed a playmaking running back to be a change of pace to Gavin Sawchuck and – you know, I think Javante Barnes has the potential to be that guy, but that's not necessarily something you want to count on given the fact that this past year it looked like he was missing a gear from what we saw of him as a freshman. So Sam Franklin is a really good addition. I I like the strides that Oklahoma has made in the portal. They are far from done. They're set to host several more transfer visitors over the next few days. I think if you're a Sooner fan right now and you're considering what else needs to be added to the picture, defensive tackle is probably your preeminent concern. Oklahoma has made every effort to make the initial steps towards shoring that up. Obviously, you're going to wait and see what happens with DJ Hicks after bowl season, but Chris McClellan is a high priority right now for that coaching staff and for this program. No doubt. All right, so again, uh, outgoing in the portal now for the Sooners again, Dylan Gabriel, Tawi Walker, Dalen Smothers, Marcus Major, uh, Reggie Grimes, Key Lawrence, Kelvin Gilliam, Savion Bird, DJ Graham, uh, Jason Llewellyn, Nate Anderson, Marcus Hicks, and Caden Green. Coming in for OU, Spencer Brown from uh, Michigan State, offensive tackle, Des Malone, defensive back from San Diego State, Deion Burks, wide receiver from Purdue, and uh, Samuel Franklin, the running back out of Tennessee Martin, coming in. Uh, that is what's going on with the portal for Oklahoma right now. Okay, we're here at Cavens Group. We welcome your text messages, as always, on the Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439, Meyer Chevrolet text line. Duke the Wonder Dog, the uh, Cavens mascot, is here right by my side, putting his giant paw on my leg, which is saying, Please continue to pet me as you do radio. So we got that taken care of. All right, we'll head to the text line. Let's talk Sooner schedule 2024 when we get back right here on the home of Sooner fans. Cavens Group, great reputation, disaster response. You have an issue at your home or business. You need to get in touch with Gary and the crew here. They are the best. Roofing Chris Smith is your man here as well. Cavens Disaster Response Group, they are awesome in the Oklahoma City metro area, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa. 918-282-7612 and online at Cavens, C-A-V. INS Cavensgroup.com. Gary will be joining us here in just a little bit. Uh, Danny Stutzman had some interesting things to say, by the way, too. Uh, you know, we had Steve on, you know, on the program, and he said, no, nah, you know, this wasn't a hoax. This was Danny was uh, ready to go, and then he changed his mind, had a conversation with Brent, decided, you know what? He uh, he still has a lot of love in his heart for the University of Oklahoma, wants to play another year of college football. So, but. 
Stutzman did say this about there was a little trolling going on with the uh, picture of the uh, empty locker and all of that. He also said in this clip that he, he listens to the ref, obviously. Wise move, the Stutzman family. They all do. But uh, here's what he said about, you know, what happened that day with the empty locker uh, that came out on Insta and the response to it. And it's uh, it's classic Danny Stutzman. Here it is. I was like, look, I mean, realistically, like, if I see a, a PR opportunity, bro, like with this declaring stuff and everything, I was like, I'm, I'm going to utilize this to my advantage, you know, you know, keep mm-hmm. quiet. And then I was like, all right, people are kind of getting suspicious. So I threw a little smoke screen like, oh, OK, I'm going to distract him. Tell, you know, pretend like I'm leaving. I use yeah. this to my advantage, and I mean, it kind of worked. I was like, I'm gonna post on my Instagram because I post it straight to Twitter. It's a little suspicious. Just throw uh-huh. it on the Instagram. I know all the reporters and everything are gonna screenshot it, just go straight to Twitter. That's exactly what happened. I was literally on like the ref, and um, I was literally they're literally talking about. It. They're like, they're like, if he's listening, he's probably cracking up. And I was literally just listening, <laughs> dying, laughing, like everything that I wanted to happen was happening. There you go. I also love what he said uh, after the whole thing came out and it went down and everybody's fired up about it. Then you've got to face Jerry Schmidt. And here is what Danny said about Schmitty. We already had that video. We kind of worked on that video a little bit. Already shot it. Schmitty today was like, good to have you back, but no more video. Boy, we need you to get to work. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Schmitty, doesn't it? Classic. Hey, listen, Drake Dykin, you've got your promo there, by the way, Drake. You've got your promo right there, Danny no joke, Stutzman. Man. Be like Danny Stutzman. Listen to the ref. There you go. It's your choice. You yeah, can be is. like Danny Stutzman, or you can be like Mike Gundy. There you go. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, the SEC schedule release came out last night, and uh, normally on schedule releases, like, hey, the new NFL schedule's coming out, I kind of feel like Navin Johnson in the in the jerk. People are way too overly excited. The new, oh, the new phone book is here. The new phone book is here. But this is the Sooners' maiden voyage into the SEC, so this one was pretty special. We knew the non-con, Temple, Houston, Tulane, uh, we knew that the uh, the SEC opener would be in Norman September 21st against Tennessee. We knew that. Uh, we had figured out October 26th for Ole Miss because of the Ole Miss schedule leak. We knew Bama November 23rd. But the remainder of the schedule, again, uh, September 28th at Auburn. Then you get a bye week before Texas. Uh, Longhorn Sooners in Dallas October 12th. South Carolina in Norman October 19th. You go to Oxford to play Ole Miss on October 26th. Then uh, the main Black Bears come to Norman November 2nd. November 9th in Columbia against freaking Missouri. And uh, that game, uh, I'm marking that one down. I am taking a musket to uh, Columbia, Missouri. And uh, I, I do not want to see Oklahoma lose to Missouri. They're becoming a the new Texas Tech. You have a bye week, uh, November 16th, Bama, November 23rd, and then you wrap up the regular season in Baton Rouge Gumbo against uh, LSU. How about that, huh? How about that? So is there anything uh, that kind of stands out to you as a headline for that schedule? I, I mean, it's pretty nondescript, like, the, the big thing when Texas's schedule got released was, oh, boy, they got to play Oklahoma and Georgia in back-to-back weeks. 
There's nothing like that on OU's schedule where you point to it and you say, well, that's going to be a really, really brutal stretch. I think the well, toughest what about part Bam, is Bam be, at home and then in Baton Rouge looks pretty, well, uh, yes. pretty tough. And I was going to say, I think the toughest part is going to be that finishing kick where you get Bama at home and then you got to go to Baton Rouge. Obviously, our perceptions of these teams could be completely different a few months from now depending on what they do in the portal. But Alabama and LSU, generally, when you consider the the consistently winning programs in college football, those two are in the conversation. Alabama certainly uh, has been the most consistent and dominant college football program in the last 15 years, and LSU hasn't been immune from the occasional speed bump, as yeah, it were. Yeah, that's but true. more often than not, they have fielded a team that has been in double-digit win territory. So especially going to Baton Rouge, to Death Valley – yeah, that's going to be a tough finish to the season. Up until that point, though, I don't know that you'd look at any of those individual stretches throughout the year and regard them as murderers row necessarily. Yeah, and maybe this is how, uh, I don't know, maybe there is a, a lack of excitement over the release of the schedule. I mean, we, uh, we knew who the teams were going to be. But the headline to me, which is kind of weird, I guess it may be Bama and LSU to, to end the season, the regular season, would be one. But 1A would be that you get a bye week before Texas and you get a bye week before Alabama. That's a pretty good situation. Now, for Texas, Texas uh, will have a bye week before they play the Sooners, too. And, again, uh, the uh, Cotton Bowl matchup October 12th. Uh, Bama will play, it's basically a bye week for Bama, too. They will play Mercer the week before they play Oklahoma, but at least they'll have to play a game. But having a bye week before you take on the Longhorns and having a bye week before the tide rolls into Norman, that's pretty good. Pretty good situation. You'll take it. I mean, (laughs) there's really no ideal circumstance to play Alabama, right? So, like, you know that's going to be – in all likelihood, the toughest game on your schedule. But the fact that you get them at home, off a bye, that's about as good as you could have drawn it up. You'll have two weeks to game plan for them. Obviously, Jalen Milrow just announced today that he's coming back to be Alabama's starting quarterback next year. That wasn't really unanticipated, but you now have an idea of what quarterback you're going to have to game plan for long, long in advance. So you know what you're getting yourself into against the Crimson Tide, the question becomes, can Brent Venables stand up to Nick Saban as head coaches? You know, in the Sooners through the years, they've had uh, pretty good success against Bama. I think they're, what, 3-2-1? and one. Uh, You had the tie way back in the uh, Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl. But, uh, and you know, the, uh, the incredible night when all the Sooners are apparently uh, loose on that hitty. Uh, in the in the Sugar Bowl and loose uh, off that Henny, loose feeling. off that. Yeah, I'm I'm still trying, man. I'm trying my best. I, I'm 60 years old. You know, there's no cool here. But uh, the Sooners have a chance. You take care of business against Tennessee. Uh, you know, and then you go to Auburn. Now Auburn again. That's a game you should win. But you think of what Auburn does in big games. I mean, they were uh, Bama was fortunate. You know. To win that game, Georgia had a had a tough time, you know, winning at Auburn a year ago. So going there will not be easy the first time for Oklahoma. But if you can get through that stretch and get to that bye week before you go down to Dallas again at five and zero, which I think the Sooners could do that. You should beat Tennessee at home. You're Oklahoma. 
You should be able to go to Auburn. Not going to be easy, but win that game. And then you roll into Dallas if you're 5-0 and and you win that Texas game. That would be gigantic, obviously. Um, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, Jackson Arnold will get some work done. Obviously, he's getting all the reps or the first-team reps right now preparing for that matchup in the Alamo Bowl with Arizona. And then he gets, you know, a bunch of reps in spring and on into the fall, and you've got some warm-up games, Temple, Houston, Tulane. I know Tulane won't be just a total cakewalk, but, you know, build some confidence uh, for Jackson Arnold, you know, before Tennessee rolls into Norman and before you go to uh, Auburn. Yeah, let me ask you this, Steely, looking over this schedule, who do you think has the potential to be the trap game? And I, like maybe that's a misnomer because every game in the SEC has the potential to be a trap game. It's a much lever, a much higher level of competition in an overall sense. But like, is there a team on that schedule right now that you figure, okay, a year from now they could end up being a lot better than we regard them as right now? Because Auburn kind of falls into that category yeah, for me. That's that's where I was headed. Because let's say again, you 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 should run obviously the table in the non-conference. Then you beat Tennessee. You're four zero. You're feeling good. Jackson Arnold's playing well. You know who knows what the O line and the interior, the defensive line is going to look like. But you know you're probably I don't know where Oklahoma would be somewhere between ten and fifteen, maybe in the polls at that time or higher than that. If you uh, start out four and zero as you should, and then you have to go to Auburn. I mean, I don't know who else qualifies. Going to Old Miss, that's not a trap game. Going to Columbia, not a trap game. Nebama, uh, <laughs> LSU, South Carolina at home, I, you know, if you beat Texas, I don't know. But I would say Auburn would be the one for me, too, looking at that schedule. Yeah. LaDonna from Lubbock asks, Steely, why are Mizzou fans so annoying? They have been so insignificant but they've really opened up the obnoxiousness to our fan base. I'll go to the game with you. I think, again, a lot of it was they, they beat OU for uh, williams Winery was a big part of that, and it looks like that's going to stick. Um, and, you know, they, they think Oklahoma's coming into the SEC, man. This is a much rougher neighborhood. You're going to take your, your licks in the SEC, and clearly it's going to be more difficult. But, you know, they seem to think, like, some of those other fan bases do. Ah, well, Oklahoma's coming to the SEC, man. Look out. They could be the next Nebraska. And uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think Oklahoma, will they have some growing pains? Yes. But uh, Oklahoma football has a great history. They've had some down years here and there. They always come back. And I think they'll more than handle their business in the SEC. Not saying they'll be Bama or Georgia, you know, in the first, uh, you know, Two or three years in the SEC, maybe. Who knows, though? Who knows? All right, break time here at Cavens Group. Let's hit up the uh, text line, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We're going to hear from Gary. We're going to hear from you guys. And we're going to keep it rolling, talking what else? Sooner football. We'll do that right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Well, there are some dirty deeds that have to be done by the folks here at Cavens Group, and uh, that's what they do. They, they clean up dirty stuff like mold, uh, water intrusion. You know, uh, it, it looks nice out there today, but it won't be too long before old man Winter shows up flexing his muscles, and some pipes will start bursting, and there'll be water intrusion and 
all kinds of things happening. Uh, Gary Cavins can get you taken care of. And uh, Gary is the man in this line of work, disaster response. They've got a great team. They have the most teams, the most qualified teams, and the best-reviewed teams for any of these jobs. What should people be thinking about right now more than anything else? You know, I mean, we're, uh, the big thing is is make sure that you don't have water intrusion or if you have a flood or we're getting into pipe pipe break season with freezing temperatures and stuff like that, have it dried out by a professional. Don't try to dry it out by your, by yourself. Don't hire Billy Bob, in a, Billy Bob in a pickup. You need somebody that's professional that can come out and take care of it and dry it with the proper equipment because if you don't have do that, then you're going to end up having some mold issues. And that's what we're seeing a lot of right now. And Let's you go. might you might find yourself in your, your very own transfer portal, transferring yes. from your house to somewhere else for a while, and you don't want to do that, right? No, you don't. Not at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, in terms of preventative stuff that people can do right now, and, uh, you know, I think people who are homeowners kind of maybe have a general idea about that. As you talked about, pipe bursting season. Man, we can't wait for pipe bursting season. Every Yeah, right. But uh, preventative stuff, uh, what are the basics, again, once we start, you know, particularly when it'll get down to 18 degrees for a low or whatever, what do we need to be thinking about preventatively? Make sure the heat's on. That's the biggest thing that you can do. Just make sure the heat's on. And a lot of the pipe breaks and stuff like that that we see when we get to those freezing temperatures and stuff is it's because the heat's just not on. Um, and, uh, that you know, that'll do it every single time. That's the biggest thing. You know, make sure your hoses are disconnected uh, outside. Make sure the heat's on, um, you know, and, and make sure that, you know, those are the, the big things. You know, yeah, just think of that Glenn Fry song, The Heat Is On, man. That's what you need to do. But, and specifically where you're talking about, because there might be somebody, well, but Gary, it's going to be cold outside. Of course we're going to have the heat on. But you're talking about making sure, let's say you have a spare bedroom. Yes. That's rarely used, and the door is closed, and maybe you turn the vent off yes. to that room, and it's attached to a bathroom right there, too, and there's no heat getting in there, and that's how you get a pipe breaking, right? Uh, 100%. And the <laughs> Duke wants attention. Yes, he does. <laughs> Those paws are huge. They are. Um, they, uh, you know, we had a situation a few years back where a shorty house – had they had their heat on, but they had it turned way, way down because the girls were away on Christmas break, and um, it was turned down so far that it was just it was just enough heat, but it wasn't. Um, and basically, the fire line broke and flooded uh, two stories of the sorority house during Christmas break. So they had the heat on, but they didn't have the heat on. You know, they just barely had it on. And so, you know, when I say Make sure you have the heat on. Make sure you have the heat on. When we're in freezing temperatures, make sure you have the heat on. You know, it doesn't need to be, um, you know, because you've got heat in the space, but your fire sprinkler lines and stuff are in the attic space. And if there's no heat rising up in, into that area and you've got the heat so low down below, they can still break up there and flood. So that that's kind of where I'm going with that. And, and you know, and a lot of people have guest rooms that they just don't go into. Yeah, yeah. And, and check them. Check them. I'm glad, uh, you know, once because we've we've got that guest room. We were taking care of Shay's parents, and, you know, they were older, and, uh, you know, we were taking care of them at the time. But 
you know, they, they since passed, but we've had that room and we've had it shut off, and I don't think there's anything going in there. So I'm like making sure that we note that, that we make sure heat is getting into that room once it really gets to that situation, which is, of course, coming in and right around the corner. Anything else you want to add today? You know, we don't talk about it a lot, but, you know, crime scene cleanup, uh, hazmat cleanup, we do that. Um, our team does that, you know, and uh, hopefully you never need that service. But if you do need that service, that's something that we provide 24-7, 365. Um, you know, we can come in after that uh, event happens and, and, and clean it up because, I mean, in most cases, uh, insurance companies will cover it um, too. So you don't have to necessarily pay out of pocket, but it's definitely something that, you know, it's a service we provide that uh, isn't widely advertised, but we service the whole state of Oklahoma uh, for mold, crime scene, uh, water damage, storm damage, um, and commercial fire. So you're kind of like the wolf in Pulp Fiction, except it's all legal. That's right. There you go. Yes, yes. Uh, the wolf would go clean up uh, the messes that uh, Samuel L. and John Travolta got into, but that was, you know, that was an organized crime situation. This is all legal. Hopefully you never, ever, ever need that service, but Cavens uh, is the place to call. And, again, 405-573-3048, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Gary, as always, great talking to you. It's great. Thank you for having me. Gary Cavins, they've also given away a half million dollars in hey. the last nearly five years back into the community. So they're doing it right here at Cavins Group. Hey, Steely, right. uh, Gary didn't already walk off, did he? He did walk off. Oh. He, that was his walk-off shot. Oh, we had we had a question for Gary from the text line. I wanted okay. to see if he could perhaps answer it. All right. Uh, if you will read that, I will write it down, okay. and I will ask him during the break. Excellent. That? Squirrel from Norman wanted okay. to know. I am assuming for uh, his own reasons. Does Cavens do asbestos abatement? Hmm. I will. I will ask him during the break. I haven't seen that on their list of services, but I'll ask him. Okay. There you go. You want to head to the text line here? Let's do it. Yeah, Kenipemeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's do it. Oh boy, we have a we have several manifestos. Uh <laughs> Gosh, people are. People have thoughts today. Somewhat unprompted, too. I'll read one of these manifestos. John from Bartlesville says, To all the driveling, come on, be practical journalists out there. This is not a thing we must live with because we cannot live with it. NCAA football can only die from it. Stop telling people to be practical and grow up. It is the stupid, shallow, and amateur disciples of folly controlling the narrative, and running this beloved institution off the cliff. Why are the boldest people out there those with the least integrity? Let the righteous grow a pair and begin to scheme a response. Stop encouraging true lovers of true sport to resign in despair. William Wallace. That's the end. There you go. So I I guess that is uh, at college football in general. I guess. Yeah, I, that's I, what I'm, I'm thinking. Sure. Well, hey, there is no doubt, man. we got to fix this deal. And here's the problem. How do you fix it? Well, the NCAA, they haven't had a pair in a long time. They've been neutered in the court system, right? The Supreme Court, I think it was Kavanaugh, just went whoop, and that was it. So they're not really going to do anything. Uh, 
you know, but you think about people like, man, they should only be able to make this much, and and everybody make, uh, you know, some people say this, a certain amount, and that'll cure everything. Well, you can't restrict movement. You can't restrict what is basically free agency now. You can't say, well, you know, you can only make this amount. That doesn't hold up in court. The only way that would ever work is if somehow we could collectively bargain, you know, something that everybody could agree with. But then you've got, you know, uh, you know, the NCAA would have to get involved. Uh, different conferences would have to agree to it. All of that stuff, based on my, you know, I watched Matlock a few times, legal expertise. But uh, I just don't know how to fix it. But what I do think is you've got to be more aggressive in coming after the, uh, you know, if, if there was some tampering involved with Caden Green, that's not cool, man. If he wants to go and his family think they got a better deal or they were mad at the Marcus Hicks situation, whatever. Yeah, where is that know, coming from, by the way? I I don't know. That, you know there's a, the there's Marcus a Hicks situation happened months ago. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I think this is another, well, you know, uh, trying to make, you know, excuses. Yes, it's the always sunny gif. Where you got the guy at the uh, the cork board with all the pins and mm-hmm. string connecting all of the dots, trying to make it make sense. But there's no doubt, if we continue on this path, as much as people love college football, and it is the greatest game because, again, you spend your entire Saturday with your buddies into the evenings, whether you're you know having a cookout at home or you're at a tailgate and you're going to the games, it's a great experience. But people will sour on this long term. I'm not saying it'll go away. But, you know, look what's happened to college basketball. I still like college basketball, but it's not the days of, you know, Michael Jordan at uh, North Carolina and the Big East and Billy Ball back in the day at Oklahoma. It's not even close. We've already uh, made college basketball more about the tournament than anything else. And Sooner fans are excited again. Porter's got a squad. I get that. But it's not the same game. And uh, I just fear that we may be doing that to college football. All right, we'll take a break right here at Cavens Group and uh, keep those texts rolling in, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More straight ahead here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, we're back here at Cavens Group. Gary and the gang out here will do a great job. Uh, disaster response. They have the best reputation in the business in the Oklahoma City metro area, 405-573-3048. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Online at Cavins, C-A-V-I-N-S, CavinsGroup.com. All right, um, Zach Sanchez, former Sooner defensive back, put out a, uh, a tweet uh, it's been about, I guess, 45 minutes ago. And here's what it says. The entitlement of fans is hilarious to me, dog. You put 0% of the time and effort the players have, but you actually believe you deserve an explanation when an 18, 22-year-old kid makes a decision they feel is best for them. Only people in that locker room are allowed to question. Uh, I like Zach Sanchez. That is an arrogant take, and I understand. You know, sometimes the players think, "Oh, these media guys—they have no, re-, you know, they don't know what goes on in a locker room." And for the most part, they're right. But you are asking people to contribute to collectives. Help us out, man! And you don't want this to happen. 
You know, put your money where your mouth is. So I don't know. I just I saw that as I get what he's saying. It just comes off as super arrogant in the NIL era. I don't love that. I don't love that. And look, obviously, if you're in that locker room, are you going to have a perspective that the rest of the outside world doesn't? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But to say you're not allowed to have an opinion if you're not in that locker room, yeah, I disagree patently with that. To actually believe you deserve an explanation. People want to know. Yeah. yeah I no, mean, I, guess I, what? That's that's human curiosity. The dude was going to be the anchor of the offensive line for the next couple years, you know, could be a first-round NFL draft pick if he continued on the track from his first year and kept getting better, as most people do under Bill Bedenboe. He could have been, could be, and he probably, maybe, you know, wherever he ends up, Oregon, wherever, uh, be a first-round pick. But was all in on Oklahoma, all in on Oklahoma, social media and everything, and then, poof, you're gone. Of course they're looking for an explanation. That, to me, is just super arrogant. It is, in my and opinion. look it- – do fans deserve an explanation? Okay, maybe there's not a you know cut and dry answer to that question. That's highly subjective, depending on your interpretation of the word deserve, right? But if you're Caden Green, for instance, and or Caden Green's family right now, I would say you kind of not necessarily owe it to the fan. You almost owe it to yourselves to give people an explanation because here's the thing. When you don't explain yourself, Guess what? People make assumptions. People and they draw conclusions they, that, that make it worse, right? People uh, are going you, to take what they know about the situation and what they think about the situation, and they are going to connect the dots as they see fit. So if you want to be cast in the best light amongst the public, then an explanation does you a lot of good in this situation. Yeah, and look, do fans deserve, Do they are they owed an explanation? If you're thinking in literal terms, yes or no. But the curiosity, and again, if you are giving, let's say, $100 a month to a to the OU Collective or whatever, you, you kind of want to know how does this happen or whatever. Uh, the family, do they owe everybody an explanation? No, not really, but you're right. From a PR standpoint, Caden Green, how much of this decision was his? We don't know. We don't know. And here, here's, I guess, the best way I can sum it up. Do you owe people an explanation? No. But when you don't give people an explanation, you can't be surprised at however they paint you and whatever they interpret from your actions. If you don't want to give an explanation, that's fine. But... The ramifications at that point are out of your hands, and you can't be surprised by whatever happens. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's uh, it has soured the reputation of Caden Green uh, with Oklahoma football fans. And guess what? They loved Caden Green. Yeah, and they look, did. When somebody leaves your program, you're going to be upset. I get that, particularly in this day and age of social media where nobody has a filter and everybody's looking for clicks and they're going to put something ridiculous out there. But, and I don't know, maybe maybe Caden Green was mad about Marcus Hicks. Who knows? Maybe it was all the family that said, man, if, if they don't match this and this is all they're giving, we're walking out of there. I don't know. Uh, there's some strange things going on, but – you know, and, and look, it's clear, as you said, Parker, that if you're in that locker room, you know a lot more than we do. That's obvious. 
You know a lot more about what it takes and all that stuff, but that doesn't mean that people can't have opinions. I mean, that's an arrogant, arrogant, arrogant way to look at it because, like I said, right now, these universities, particularly the Blue Bloods and the uh, the big-time Power 5 schools, they're asking for people, hey, man, you know what? You don't want this to happen. You know, put your money where your mouth is. Give us some money in our collective, all right? We need all the help we can get. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of money flying around out there for these players that are really coveted. Uh, but then when this happens, and like, yeah, but, you know, we don't owe you anything or they don't, you know. And, and I understand well, OU's not going to put out some uh, statement on what happened, but it just feels wrong. And here's a te- good text from Pastor MC. Would it be safe to say that Caden Green pulled a mule shoe? And again, In like, a way, yes, yes. Again, and I don't if there's know if it was Caden Green, but it sounds like the family – I would love to hear it. I would love it if the family could make this all make sense. But again, optically, yeah, he did pull a mule shoe. Yeah. Well, clearly, uh, when someone leaves like that, it's never going to let, you know, the fan base is going to be upset because, because they love the kid as well, and he seemed to be all bought in. But they, uh, they're they learning what they're not PR experts, certainly, because it just looks really bad. All right, we've got another hour to go. We're going to hear from Bob Stoops on Jackson Arnold getting ready for the uh, Alamo Bowl from the uh, rush yesterday. A lot more ahead. Thanks, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring hour number one. We are talking from Cabin's group today as well. Hour number two brought to you by Oklahoma Generator, and we're getting into that time of the year. You know, we're going to have an ice storm. We usually get one. Hopefully it's not a, uh, you know, one of the super bad ones because you probably would be very wise to get yourself a generator if you don't have one. Oklahoma Generator will get you taken care of with Oklahoma's most experienced service and sales staff. They're the highest rated Longest operating Gener- Generac dealer as well, family-owned and operated, great reputation. Oklahoma Generator, call them at 405-321-6631 or get online to okgen.com. We are here at Cavens Group, disaster response team, nearly 14 years in the business now. They are the best at what they do, mold removal, water extraction, structural drying, emergency sewage cleanup, trauma, crime scene, tear gas, biohazard cleanup they do investigations and testing for mold in your home or business water intrusion investigations and uh, they set the standard in the industry here in the oklahoma city metro area 405-573-3048 tulsa 918-282-7612 and again online at cabinsgroup.com okay bob stoops on the rush yesterday right here on the ref talking about uh, what's going on with the quarterback situation at Oklahoma? Jackson Arnold will be the man in the Alamo Bowl matchup with Arizona. And Bob said that uh, JFA getting first-team reps in preparation and being able to start the bowl game should help going into next year. I agree. Uh, it just um, gives him a jump start as well as, um, you know, uh, Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley with what they want to do, if there's any adjustments moving forward. Uh, obviously, they're in all those meetings throughout the year, so a lot of it doesn't need to change leading up to the, the bowl game. But when you get that many practices, they could have a few different wrinkles, you know, that, you know, some stuff that they might want to implement for next year. So I, I 
you know, I, I, I think it's working out good for everybody. There you go. Former Sooner head coach and uh, present-day media superstar Bob Stoops talking about Jackson Arnold and getting ready for the Alamo Bowl and next year in the SEC. Okay, 405-651-3439. Read that tweet uh, from Zach Sanchez. And, again, to me it just comes off as as arrogant. Uh, Are Sooner fans absolutely owed an explanation from the Green family? Or from OU, no, 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 they aren't. But, again, and this was the tweet, and this came out about an hour ago, the entitlement of fans is hilarious to me, dog. You put 0% of the time and effort the players have put in but actually believe you deserve an explanation when an 18-, 22-year-old kid makes a decision they feel is best for them. Only people in that locker room are allowed to question. Okay. All right, uh, and, you know, you, you hear that from a lot of former players sometimes. That one's a little extreme to me because, again, the fans play a huge role. They always have. Yeah, you don't have your fan base. You know what? You're not getting that NIL money and coming in like you want. And, again, particularly in this era of the portal and NIL and everything else, when you're asking fans to contribute more than ever, not only buy season tickets, but, you know, hey, help us out with a collective. That's It's that kind of stuff that fans will look at and go, you know what, I've been to every game, I've been to the functions, I go to the Rudy show. Yeah, it's not the effort of uh, the practice field and what you guys go through, but I make an effort. I make an effort to support Sooner football. You know what, I, I looked at my budget and figured out that I could put 75 bucks a month to a collective or whatever. I'm making an effort. Not the same, I get it, but guess what, the fans play a huge role in this. And you want to drive fans away, just keep, keep saying that kind of stuff. Uh, because fans are already somewhat soured on college football right now. Not enough to not go to the games, but, you know, with the uh, direction the sport's moving again, you can't bank on all these stadiums always being full. I, You know what? I bet the folks at North Carolina and at uh, Kentucky and, you know, uh, some of these places where you used to sell out Rupp Arena every game or – uh, the Dean Dome or whatever, and now you're seeing more and more empty seats. I'm sure at some point they probably thought, yeah, they'll always be here. And then the sport changed. And guess what? They're not always there anymore. Steely, we have some very good texts. On okay, the text let's line. do it. Very good texts. I mean, the text line is A plus right now. A listener in the 615 says, the most troubling thing about the Caden Green situation is it sets a precedent that every player – is on a one-year contract with all the cards stacked in their favor. Makes it difficult for a fan to get invested in the players. Good point. And, that. and look, that's an excellent point. Good good text there. Uh, our, our text line's money. You know, they really are pretty much every day uh, here on the ref. But basically the scholarship is a one-year deal anyway. So it, I know that's not exactly what you're saying. But, again, you, you want to – Have guys stick around if you can, particularly when you're trying to make a really good offer. Apparently, obviously, it wasn't enough. But, you know, not only trying to build a culture, but fans want to get behind these guys. Danny Stutzman, legend forever at Oklahoma. Billy Bowman, legend forever at Oklahoma. 
Caden Green grew up a Sooner fan, wanted to be a Sooner. It was almost automatic he signed with Oklahoma. Now will be, you know, the fan base will always think, geez, what the heck happened there, you know? And But I don't know how much, look, legacy to some of these, I don't know if I should say kids here, but for some families, the the money is much more important than the legacy somewhere. And that's just the, the nature of the beast right now. And, look, I'm not saying there aren't families out there that this could be life-changing money. A lot of us would make that same decision, but it's just it's just not the same anymore. Uh, another listener in the 405 says, without fans, there is no sport to play or NIL to make money off of. Sooner Lisa from BA says, don't agree with Sanchez. My season tickets, which we've had for 28 years, mean I am paying for a product. If the product isn't what I thought slash doesn't meet expectations, I don't have to pay for it. Same with donating to the collective, Sooner Club, etc. We don't have to donate, but we do when we feel we get a product in return. On a similar note, Sooner Juts on the text line says, Do we as fans that pack the palace not contribute by packing the palace and creating a raucous environment for the other team? I get what Zach thinks he's trying to say, but come on. To say fans don't contribute is ignorance. Yeah, and it's more of, hey, you know, you're not in that locker room and you don't put in the blood, sweat, and tears that we do. Nobody owes you an explanation. Okay, yeah, I, I guess if you want to just take it for what it's worth, that that's true. Caden Green's family, they don't know an explanation. Caden Green, I mean, it's their life. They want to make more money and better themselves. A lot of humans would make that decision, right? If you have a chance, you know, all of a sudden at your job right now, hey, dude, guess what? We're going to pay you twice of what you're making. You might have a great relationship with your current company, but think, man, I just can't turn this down. Man, I can't do this for my family. This would change our lives. I get that. But, again, the fans are the engine that also keeps the football program going. Uh, They're part of the process. A Wyoming listener says, Zach Sanchez just iced it. I will throw my resources at Patty and the less arrogant slash entitled girls. Yeah, the tweet did not come off very well, I don't think. I've always, you know, everybody knows that the guys in that locker room, whether it's Teddy or Gabe Eichard or Rufus Alexander, some of the guys I've worked with, and I think they're really good at what they do. Uh, You know, I I love the Oklahoma breakdown is tremendous. Those guys are great. Um, And... we, we realize that, but that doesn't mean, again, that there aren't other aspects of the program besides the players that have to do their part as well. And uh, I don't know. This It's just the day and age of college football. Some, sometimes my I just I think my head's going to eventually explode with all that stuff. Drives me crazy. Jeff from OKC reminds us, the uncle posted on social media with the comparison to leaving a company for a better job offer. But Caden Green didn't even give the protocol of giving a two-week notice. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. if you saw all the comments his uncle made. It does not reflect well on Caden Green. Like, no, and it clearly looked like there was some tampering going on. Very before, obviously. You know, uh, it, it's very similar to Muleshoe. I will say this. College, ba- or college football right now, it is such a bad system. I think there are people in a bad system that end up looking bad. It's almost like our political system right now, you know? 
I think a lot of these people who get into politics, uh, you know, are pretty good, well-meaning, well-intentioned people. And they get in the system and they see what it's all about, lie, whatever. You know, all you're trying to do is scare people to the voting booth, and all of a sudden they, they look like bad people. Caden Green, you've been around him. Great kid, right, Parker? He's an awesome kid. Awesome kid. And the more I learn about this situation – the more I feel like this is just a kid who got caught in the crossfire and didn't actually make this decision of his own volition. That is my read. I don't know that for a fact. That is my judgment as of right now based on what I do know. I don't think this decision was made by Caden Green. Yeah, I, I kind of get that feeling as well. And, again, you get a bad system right now. Now, look, it's good that these kids are getting their share now because college football – uh, is a big business and exploited them to a certain extent. And you can talk about, you know, well, they got, you know, free education, they've got great training, they've got tutors, all of that. Is that not enough? Well, in, in America, probably, probably not. And you saw what the Supreme Court said. But um, I think, again, it, it's a bad system right now. The timing of this, even freaking Muleshoe, you know, Looked worse because of the timing. Now, the way they went about their business, too, well, you know, just tell them you don't know anything, and I'm not going to LSU, and just tell them you negotiated everything in two hours, you know. People know when you're BSing, too. And there is a right, usually the best policy, we've all heard this, but it's difficult these days for a lot of people, honesty is the best policy. You know what? Maybe they come out and say, we love Oklahoma, but guess what? We had a deal that we felt was something that we couldn't uh, turn down based on uh, the kind of deal that can be life-changing money for our family. Most people won't do that, though. You know, a lot of people, and, and I don't know. It's going to eventually, you know, I think a lot of the story is out, at least from, from the OU side. But I, I think the bad system makes a lot of these people look like bad people when it's really the system. Okie Tom says, loyalty to your team is what makes college football unique. Border Sooner says, oh, look, Sanchez is getting burned again. He, he'll throw some opinions out there. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. And he's welcome to his opinion. When I read that, I just thought, it, man, that's – pretty arrogant in this day and age we're asking fans to pay more than they ever have had to pay in their lives and you're also and, telling you know, them they can't have an opinion yeah and and that uh, well you don't know you haven't been in the locker room shut up basically and um i like i said you're trying you're asking for pay, fans to pay more than they ever had so anyway. and another great point from jeff and okc to tie a bow on this conversation if you think about your overall legacy at a place you can set yourself up for more money than right now. For example, mm-hmm. Danny and Billy can make money off their NIL at OU way after they leave OU and no matter what happens at the next level. Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman will be waving to the crowd in their 60s, 70s, however long they're around, as Sooner icons. And will always be welcome back. Caden Green might have been in that same situation. And, again, maybe that fan, like I said, if somebody came to me, I love the ref. I, this is, you know, my favorite station. I, I've enjoyed everybody I've worked with at every station. But I really like the ref. Uh, there, there are no real egos here, just people who go about their business. 
And but if somebody came to me and goes, Steely, we've got you know uh, three hundred thousand dollars more per year for you. I I would think very hard about that. But, you know, the exit was just not good. It's kind of like the same deal with Mule Shoe. It's like the worst possible way to exit. A lot of that is the system we have in college football. But it just looks – and it reflects on Caden Green. And I, I'm like you, Parker. I don't know how much of this decision was his. I mean, he had to sign off on it. But he's what? 19-year-old kid? Hey, Stay by the way – He's yeah. still not officially in the portal for what that's worth, which just yeah. adds another layer of weird to the whole deal. Welcome back, Caden Green. You're welcome at any time. Somebody, yeah, kiss it goodbye. Forget about it. Well, if you can have Caden Green back, you take him. We can play open arms by journey when we come back if you want to. Stay with us. Yes, sir. That's what they're doing. Hey, you can't blame them to a certain extent, but, man, it is uh, very problematic for the future and the popularity of college football. All right, I can vouch for Riverwind Casino because they are the best at what they do, just like Cavens Group. And, again, uh, you heard the uh, commercial during the break about the great promotions they have going on right now through December. They are giving away uh, nearly $315,000 in cash and bonus play. That's just the cash and bonus play. They give away millions and millions and millions in jackpots every month. But they've also come through again with some great entertainment for us. The Showplace Theater, which was shut down for a while after the pandemic, uh, has delivered. You think about First Man Back, Earth, Wind, and Fire. We've had Earth, Wind, and Fire, Chicago, REO, Foreigner, Collective Soul, Counting Crows. We've got a show at the Showplace coming up this Friday night, Lee Bryce. Tickets at Riverwind.com or at the Casino Box Office. Also in December, some other great stocking stuffers for you. Ron White with a couple shows Saturday, December 30th. Midland on New Year's Eve. Show starts at 9 o'clock. Be a heck of a show. And then go out and take part in all the giveaways on New Year's Eve they have. Uh, Midland on New Year's Eve, Sunday, December 31st. And then coming in uh, 2024 in January, Boys to Men, Clay Walker, Joe Coy and Friends, February. Air Supply, Scotty McCreary. They just announced that Jay Leno is coming to the Showplace Theater. Reschedule. We've got a new date, Friday night, March 15th, to see Jay Leno. And uh, the comedy of Jay Leno again, Friday night, March 15th. And then we've got another great comedian coming in March, Jim Gaffigan. Soon to be many more great shows. They keep stacking up really good ones at the Showplace Theater at Riverwind Casino. Uh, Good times to be had, as always, at Riverwind. Okay, uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is, uh, well, it's like uh, L.A. traffic right now again. But we're going to get to as many as we can, 405-651-3439. There was a listener in California that asked me, Parker, would you go cover Mule Shoe and USC for double the money you're making now? Well, I can tell you this. My answer would be no. My answer to that specific question would be no, because if I were making double the money, first off, that's not going to go nearly as far in California because the cost of living is so much higher. Also, I <laughs> I don't care how much I'm making. I would like to enjoy my job, and I could not enjoy covering Mule Shoe. There's absolutely no way I could enjoy it. Now, if you're talking about some random other Power 5 college football team, 
if I was approached by a media entity and said, hey, we'll pay you double your current salary to come cover the Washington Huskies or the Penn State Nittany Lions or, shoot, the North Carolina Tar Heels, can I tell you my answer would be no? No, I can't. Like, I, it would depend on the circumstances. I'd have to give it some good hard thought, but the money alone – would be enough for me to seriously consider it. And I would imagine most anybody that has a job would say the exact same thing. If you had the opportunity to double your salary, you'd take a hard look at it. And so from that standpoint, yeah, you know, it would be something that would catch my eye. But here's the thing, and here's here's where the distinction gets made. If I were to take another job in another market and I were to leave this all behind, you know what I wouldn't do? is pull a Robert Ursay, pack up a truck in the middle of the night, and dip out and leave everybody completely in the dark. No pun intended. What I would do is I would tell everybody on this end, hey, it's been a pleasure. I've got a better opportunity I can't pass up. I'm going to stay here for however long you guys need me here to transition to whoever succeeds me, and I will be on my way. What I'm not going to do and what I think is the courteous thing, what I think is just the thing to do if you have basic human decency, is for everybody that has poured into your life and career, you don't just leave them completely blindsided by your departure. And I think that is the issue that many folks have with the Caden Green situation. It's not that he ostensibly got tampered with and is probably going to go take a bag to go play somewhere else. If you want to chase life-changing money, life-changing money is life-changing money, right? But there is a way to handle that situation, and the way that it was handled, quite frankly, is really crappy. How not to handle a departure, that was a master class on Monday, an absolute master class, quite reminiscent of Lincoln Riley. Yeah, it's from the Muleshoe School of Exits which is a very uh, unpopular uh, place, by the way. Not, not many people enroll and graduate from the Muleshoe School of Exiting because, well, it's, a, it's, it's just not right. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Lost City Sooner says, Parker, I would cover Muleshoe. I could be his John Hoover. <laughs> The old Hoover versus Stoops rivalry. Now, it wasn't like OU Texas bitterness there, but uh, Bob had a couple. John wasn't afraid to ask a question. I still think it's a stupid question. Didn't think it's a stupid question now, you know. Nah, those were the days, man. Those were the days. Now, when you had these little Pee Wee Herman little podcasters everywhere, you know. Okay, I shouldn't say anything. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Copperhead Sooner says, Caden Green might end up being like the girlfriend that left you in high school. Really hurt at the time, but looking back on it, it's the best thing that ever happened to you. You dodged a bullet. We call that the mule shoe effect these days. Mm, could be. I don't know. Uh, I do think, though, if so, based on what I've heard, and you've said this too, and people that I think are really good at what they do, that I respect, have said, yeah, it's probably not going to happen because somebody, any chance Green comes back? I, how, do uh, you, how do you explain that if you do? That's the thing. I, even if he did want to come back to Oklahoma, 
And I don't doubt that if he did and he was contrite about it, things could be patched up. But still, I instantly, if he were to make the decision to come back, there would be a portion of the fan base that would be like, screw you, we're never rooting for you. You know what? Forgiveness is a very powerful thing. It is. I agree. It's it's maybe the, uh, you know, not, not to get biblical here, but I will since I'm a licensed pastor. Not really. But uh, forgiveness has been the greatest gift to us, right, through grace and everything. Just saying, for me, and I know for you, Parker. But, uh, yeah, forgiveness is tough in this, this day and age that we live in. There are people who dig in, whether it's politically or on their team or on social media, and they don't budge. They don't give an inch. But if he did come back and, you know, was contrite and said, man, we, you know, maybe we shouldn't handle it that way, but we'd like to come back. It's just the commentary on the current state of college football that rings true in this, and it's not good, in my opinion, is that Caden Green, Caden Green grew up an Oklahoma fan, always wanted to play at Oklahoma, be a Sooner. Guess what? He played early. He played well. He was on track to be perhaps one of the Sooners' best offensive lineman if he continued to progress under Bill Biedenboe, and usually kids do under Bill Biedenboe, despite what some people think. Uh, they do. All you have to do is look at the uh, list of the guys in the NFL. But instead, because of the way college football is set up now, uh, unless something changes, Caden Green will be thought of, you know, like, geez, that dude, come on, man. I understand, but, man, we were we made you a good offer. You could have been an all-time great sooner, beloved forever, and now you're going to have to go to, you know, Eugene, Oregon for alumni week or whatever, you know. That's just – that's modern-day college football. And I don't see it changing because I don't know who's going to do the changing. Like I said, the NCAA has been neutered. Who is a guy – we need, like, a commissioner or somebody – to get a hold of this, but I don't know how you do because it's a uh, it, it's so far out of control. I'm not sure sure uh, how far we can pull it back. Ladonna from there. Lubbock says, "Parker, if you left, Sooner Nation would miss you." I appreciate that, Ladonna. She also added, "This is why I'm in Lubbock. My husband's job is way better in Lubbock than what he could get in Norman." With three upside down smiley face emojis. Well, that that family out there again, they're covert ops for the Sooner Nation as well. Kind of like the uh, the uh, maybe you guys saw it, the Americans. Of course, uh, Carrie Russell and her uh, her husband they were Soviet spies. These are just Sooner spies we're talking about with Ladonna and her husband. All right, four oh five. Really, we could pull up ops from there in Lubbock because we don't care about tech anymore at all. All right, take a break right here, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We shall return right here on The Ref. We are back here at Cavens Group, the very best at what they do in the disaster response business. Roofing as well, my man Chris Smith uh, does a great job there also, and uh, just love being out of here, top-notch organization. Tomorrow, uh, we will be out at uh, Riverwind Casino, another one of my favorite places. See Justin and the crew out there, Reed, Alicia, uh, everybody out there always have a good time, and they're so hospitable. 
just a, a professional place, Riverwind Casino, tomorrow. Okay, uh, Mark Mangino, have you been listening in? Uh, any thought on what we're talking about here with the current state of college football? You know what this is all about, don't you? That's right. Dollar signs. No doubt. No doubt. Well said. Very succinct, but well said. All right. This was the clip we played to start the show today. And uh, this one uh, from Jaron Canick on the podcast on the Prairie with uh, Jeremiah Hall was hosting and Danny Stutzman and Jaron were on the podcast on the Prairie and talking about what's going on with college football now, uh, you know, and uh, kind of how the money situation works out. And here's what Jaron Canick said on the podcast on the Prairie. Here's the sad reality about NIL. Uh, you will get paid more for leaving and going somewhere else. The people who stay at their schools are not rewarded as much as someone who enters the portal and goes to another school because the transfer portal guys make a lot more money, a lot more NIL money typically than the guys already on the team. No matter where they come in at, no matter what, you know, what it is. It's just a fact. There's a lot of money in the portal. And so guys who choose to stay where they, you know, where, where they love to be are, you know, quote unquote, getting punished and check guys who choose to leave and go somewhere else uh, can make more money doing that. So it's like, what are we really rewarding here? You know what I mean? But yeah. it is, it is no, ridiculous. I dude. was telling somebody this today. The grass is not greener on the other side. Most of the time. Shoot. But the money's greener. <laughs> Danny. Nice wrap up there. The money's greener, yeah. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. is our Knippemeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's head back there. Wonderful. To the text line we go. A listener in the 405 set, or rather asks, is Caden Green going to Oregon or Mizzou? I have heard both. Caden Green isn't officially in the portal yet, which we mentioned earlier. It's been over 48 hours since he filed his paperwork and announced his intentions. Well, I I, would, I, I guess I presume he would have filed his paperwork. But, I, again, like the, tur- the turnaround time for those things is typically two days, 48 hours. And so the fact that we're now over 48 hours removed from it and he's not yet in the portal just adds another layer of oddity to this whole deal it's bizarre all right let's just say that Caden green says you know what i am going to come back you know how do you think that would be received by the sooner fan base overall uh he's going to spend a lot of time on the stairmaster first off yeah but i still think i still think my opinion parker it would be 90 percent of the fan base would say welcome back or whatever or is it is there more vitriol and bitterness out there than I think. I think, well, look, given all that has been publicly disclosed about what went on behind the scenes, again, I I, I just question how even if you were to attempt to come back, how do you play this off? How do you explain yourself? How do you mend fences with fans? Because you burned a lot of bridges, handling this situation the way that the greens did and so is it out of the question that he could come back technically no technically it is not but it it presents so many immediate problems as far as pr is concerned 
because you yeah. then have to explain. Uh, you have to come up with some explanation as to why you entered the portal because it's not like you can come out and say, well, yeah, I wanted to get paid more. So, And that's what everyone thinks right now. That's the oper- that's the uh, assumption everybody is operating under. So if that is not the case or if you want to make it appear like that wasn't the case, you have to have your ducks in a row. You have to have a story ready. And you've got to make Green it believable. is still a kid. He, uh, you know, he looks like a man, and he is on the football field, but he still is a kid. When Marcus Dupree left OU in 1983, after the Texas game, Marcus Dupree had a sensational freshman season. Uh, you know, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in the offseason. Can, uh, can Marcus coexist with his coach? The Doug Looney story back in the day. Switzer made uh, made a point, and Barry's talked about this. And I probably should have handled Dupree a little bit differently, but he was such a well-known superstar that he wanted to make sure that the rest of his team, for chemistry's sake, didn't see Marcus Dupree getting any special treatment. So he worked his butt off, and uh, you know criticized him. You know Marcus, hell, he had thirty less pounds on him. He ran for three hundred or whatever in the Fiesta Bowl game they lost to Arizona State, but. They also, that dude, Ken Fairley, was walking around giving him bad advice and to tell him the grass is greener here, they're not treating you right, you've got to leave. And finally, Marcus Dupree left. And Marcus Dupree got absolutely vilified. Absolutely vilified. Now, and this was before, obviously, social media. It would, imagine that happening now. They tore him apart, you know, not a team player, weak, you know, what a, you know all of this stuff. When it was really Marcus Dupree, again, who looked like a man and was a man on the football field, the dude looked like Lawrence Taylor as a freshman who could run a 4-4. Still, I say the greatest talent that ever set foot on the campus at OU. But again, a little bit, you know, his work ethic, things came kind of easy for him, but he was getting bad advice from this guy all the whole time. And he ended up leaving OU. Things didn't really work out, made some money, got injured. Now he's back in the Sooner family, and people love Marcus. Absolutely love him. But, it, you know, it wasn't Marcus Dupree really making that decision as much as it was somebody else in his ear back back in that. So it it reminds me a little – pardon me. It reminds me a little bit about that deal a long time ago, 40 years ago. A 713 listener says, if Caden Green comes back, it would be the closest possible reenactment of the George Costanza scene. What, that? You thought I was serious? <laughs> What's Costanza doing here? Oh, that's a great reference. I love it. I love it. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. But I this feels like more of a family wanted to make this move. And uh, maybe, maybe Caden Green was under a little bit of pressure to go along. I, that's what it feels like to me. Like I said, I might be totally wrong, but does it feel that way to you, Parker? It absolutely feels that way. To yeah, me. yeah. And again, I, I don't know that for a fact, but that is the suspicion that I get based on the some of the conversations that I've had, which is a, a lot of conversations about this deal over the last forty-eight hours. A ton of conversations. Now. Another listener said, I would be less concerned about how Caden Green's return would be received from the fans and more about how it would be received from coaches and teammates. Yeah, absolutely. That's 100% accurate. But uh, I don't know. The, the, the whole thing's crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right, got to take a break right here. 
Havens Group. Uh, mold investigation, fire, water intrusion, uh, roofing inspections, and they do great work there as well. Cavens Group sets the standard in the industry. We always appreciate Gary and the folks out here. They're good people, and they're great at what they do in Oklahoma City. 405-573-3048. And in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Online at cavensgroup.com. We'll be back. One more segment to go here with us. Right here on the ref. All right, back here at Cavens Group. The very best disaster response team slash group in the area. And it's, as John Bender said, not even close, bud. Breakfast Club, still a classic. Still my favorite, John Hughes. 405-651-3430. Nine. By the way, the Sooners again now incoming in the portal against Spencer Brown, the O-tackle for Michigan State. Des Malone, defensive back, San Diego State. Deion Burks, wide receiver, another great get from Purdue. That's another playmaker in that wide receiver room. And Samuel Franklin, the running back from Tennessee Martin. Parker Thune, we are just over 24 hours away from a big decision tomorrow for the Sooners. Uh, Offensive line, I I think they need a little bit of help there. EPL's decision, Eddie Pierre-Louis' decision at Tampa Catholic tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And I regret to inform you, we've been saying his name wrong the whole time, a la P.J. Adibawara. He is not the... uh, Aristocratic Frenchman, okay. we all thought. It's just Lewis? it's just Lewis, Eddie Pierre Lewis. Well, I like that because I don't like a Frenchman. You know, they surrender all the time. Back in the day of the Gulf War, you know what I called them? Freedom fries. How does that, how does that go on so long without somebody saying, no, it's Lewis? I don't know. That angers me. I should have looked at, like, YouTube or something. I just went with Louis. Now I feel like he should have been in some French painting posing as Napoleon back in the day or whatever. By the way, I still need to see that movie. But Eddie Pierre Lewis. I think it's the fact that there's a Pierre in there. A I know. Pierre, that's probably what it is. You know? Like if, the, if the first half of that hyphenated last name was pretty much anything other than Pierre, you wouldn't think Louis. That's right. Because a Pierre is usually a chef or a... You know, something like that. A Pierre is a painter or a chef or something. A listener in the 405 points out, Steely, you should have called his school. I know. I should have. You're exactly right. I mean, we got Taylor Wine. We broke the Taylor Wine story right here. Big J journalist. <laughs> now I feel like a total moron. I feel like, again, he should be in some painting in the Louvre or something. This right here was done by... Eddie Pierre-Louis in the Renaissance. Jeez. Like, that was my only concern. If your name is Eddie Pierre-Louis, I don't know that you can block somebody that effectively. Now, Eddie Pierre-Louis, let's just call him Eddie Lewis. Eddie Lewis can block somebody's ass. Eddie Pierre-Louis is probably not going to grade out very well. On film. Oh, boy. I think we're going to have to give a new moniker to Jeff Lebby's nemesis because obviously Jeff Lebby is no longer still around at Oklahoma, but also because of this text. Miguel Chavis. 
has been a bad hire. He's not doing crap in the portal. His position group will be the worst group for three years in a row now. Fire Miguel Chavis. No. <laughs> I just said no. Can we just call him Eddie Lewis from now on? Can we ask him tomorrow if and when he commits? You feel uh, pretty solid on this for OU? You know, there are lying liars out there, though, when it comes to this stuff. But I say, hey, man, can we just, now that you're committed, can you just be Eddie Lewis? D and Shock Josh says Eddie Lewis in the news. There, <laughs> there you go. Eddie Pierre-Louis. What's your response to the fire Miguel Chavis text? I like me some Miguel Chavis. And eventually the Sooners are going to get, I mean, they got David Stone, right? They, they, the D-line class, now Nigel, Nigel Smith, right? Now, I know you're talking about interior defensive line there, but some of these guys, I, no, I like Miguel edge. Chavis. Nigel's going to play defensive yeah, end. He's that's got, what I'm saying. Nigel Smith, right? He's got Nigel. Talented. He's got Danny. Mm-hmm. He's got yep. Wyatt Gilmore. You have P.J. coming back. You have R. Mason Thomas coming back. You have Trace Ford coming back. You have Ethan Downs coming back. What are we beefing about? Count me as a big fan of Miguel Chavis. I I like his energy. Um, You know, he's a guy that seems – you've seen some of the videos, super fun in the locker room. He's hard on those guys, I'm sure, as well. But he also has good times, got a really good personality. I, I like Miguel Chavis. Again, uh, just to remind you what Miguel Chavis inherited at Oklahoma, Reggie Grimes started all 13 games last year and was a fourth stringer this year. So Miguel Chavis did not exactly inherit an edge group that was rife with riches of talent. Ethan Downs, to the best of my knowledge, has not contracted leprosy. He's going to be back next year. P.J. Adibawara? Same deal. R. Mason Thomas, you would presume he's going to be fully healthy. And saying that OU was number 110 in the nation in sacks last year, if you're going to isolate it down to a single statistic, I'm sorry, you're not watching the games. Because what did we remark on all year? Okay, maybe Oklahoma's not getting enormous numbers of sacks, but that's because opponents are deploying six- and seven-man protections because in the early stages of the season, that's how good Oklahoma was at getting after the quarterback. Opponents had to scheme to be able to counteract the effectiveness of the Sooners' pass rushers off the edge. And by the way, Texter, you're not in that locker room giving 110%. (laughs) What do you know? You have no right to comment on Miguel Chavis. You're not in that locker room. Oh, that just came in from Zach Sanchez. All right, uh, Gary and the crew out here want to thank them as always. Duke, the Wonder Dog, everybody out here. Great, great people out here. Great, great disaster response team. The uh, Cavens Group is the very best. Five-star. Five-star. And a real five-star. We we don't know if Arch Manning really is a five-star yet. Maybe we'll find out. How about Malik Murphy again? One injury, and it's Arch time in the playoff. How about that? But thanks to the people here at Cavens. We'll see you at Riverwind tomorrow. Can't wait to get there. Have a great Thursday.